Good morning, ladies, and welcome to our Parsha with Purpose. I want to thank Leah Prasad for sponsoring today's class, and I want to thank all of you for being here. It's so nice to feel that we're kind of together, whatever that means, but we have to still continue. We sh the Parsha talks to us every week, and I feel the Parsha is definitely talking to us in our times, and let's get into some ideas that I wanted to share with you, which hopefully will be life-changing lessons. And let's start talking about this right now. All right. In the first, uh, in the first Pusik of Parshas Kedoshim, I can't skip over Kedoshim. I don't know why. As hard as I try, whenever the two Parshas are together, I can't skip over Kedoshim because um, the first Pusik, Kedoshim to you. Tell the whole Jewish people to be holy. Rashi says, this parsha was said, all men, women, uh, and children had to gather together in the base of Migdash yearly, and they had to hear this parsha of Kedoshim. Because most of the whole crux of the Torah, it depends on the concept we're going to be speaking about. So you hear something like that. Everything else pales in comparison. Rob Gufe Torah, we have to speak about something that's going to change our whole approach to Torah. Let's approach Parshish Kedoshim. Now, there's four questions we have on this. You know, I'm always into questions, and even though Pesach is gone, I, there's still four questions that beg for clarification on this Parsha. And as adults, I'd like to deal with them right now. Number one, it says, Daberel Kol Adas Israel. By the way, one more thing I forgot to mention. The Zistek Chaim tells us the only place we're told Dabero Kol Adas B'nei Israel is by the Korban Pesach. When they were all assembled by Moshe Rabbeinu to give the Korban Pesach, they were told Dabero Kol Adas B'nei Israel. So obviously, it's the only other place. So this is pretty significant message that we're supposed to impart. It may be uh, something that's very basic, but it, we're going to go into it, and we all need a physical ideas. So B'nei Israel. We're called an Am Kadosh. It says, Am Kadosh Atal Hashem. You're a holy nation to Hashem. We're called an Am Kadosh in many places. Here, there is a commandment to be holy. What is it? Why, if we already are holy, how can we be commanded to be called holy? This is the question that not I asked, but Rav Nevin Salshlita. And Eretz Yisrael, the Rav of the, uh, former Rav of the old city, but huge, huge Talmud Chachim and Posek. Question number two, we talk about Kedusha, holiness. We're going to define it. We're going to get into how it applies to us as women. Um, now, the Basila Shisharim, which is a basic Muslim state for telling people how all the levels they have to reach to become holy people, special people, there's like Pinchas Ben Yair, there's a Brisa telling us that, you know, it fears you should be cautious in your actions. And then it makes you become... Then you could do things with alacrity. If you're a thought-out person, you'll do things that'll be, once you do it, you thought it out, you'll do it quicker. And that brings to all these different madregas. The second, third highest to the top is Kedusha. And after Kedusha comes Ruach HaKadosh and Tchiyas Amesim are the ones that are over Kedusha. Here we're telling men, women, and children, babes in arms, they all have to be Kedoshim to you. First of all, if they are, they are. Now we're commanding them to be, and how can they be if we're talking about, like, no one's learning Masil Sisharim, you know, at that point, and even 
there are babies not learning to spell. How are we supposed to be? We're supposed to have all these madragas and all these pages and pages of, of preparation necessary to become holy people. How can you just become, from how can you just become Kedoshim? Right? Somebody is, has to mute themselves, whoever they are. We love you anyways. Okay, now. And right, Gufe Torah Tzulimba, the Torah is dependent on this. And this is like one of the higher madrigas of Masil's term. Question number three. Um, most of Parsha's Kedoshim is Bain Adam Lachavero. Talks about famous things you all know. Bahatzalorecha Kamocha, Betzedek Tishpon Amisecha. You're supposed to uh, judge people favorably. You're supposed to... Um, you know, well, keep away from our rights. Talks, but also, but it also says all these take don't take revenge, don't don't have the tira. Um, like it's packed, jam packed with mitzvahs between man and man. So how could it be? How did what does that have to do with kedusha? When we when we understand kedusha, it usually means like you're above humanity kind of thing. So how does that fit in? And our final question before we get into what we want to explain today is it says something that's really unbelievable. It says, Kedoshim to you, Kikadosh Ani. You should be holy. Why? Not only do you have a commandment to do it, not only do you have to be the highest level before Rucha Kodesh and Spesamesim, but you have to be because I Hashem is, am Kadosh. How dare we, uh, you know, start entertaining thoughts like that? What? We're like, because I'm holy. Where, where's the common denominator? Because he's holy. We have to be holy. Like, we are in two different departments. Hashem is not like our buddy sitting next to us on a chair. Taurus Kahanim says, If the Taurus Kahanim says, if you purify yourself, I'm going to place it upon you as if you made me holy. What does that mean? Us and Hashem? the four questions. Let's get into some amazing answers and hopefully life-changing ideas and thoughts. Okay. There are basically, we taught, when we learned together the sitter many months ago, maybe two years ago, we, there's three basic, very common definitions of Kedusha. And we have to, all three is important because even Kedusha mentions Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. There's three really um, meanings of the word Kedusha. One meaning is the one that most people will be will identify with right away. That means precious. Precious in, in English means to be separate, like you're beyond, you're above something. Like you don't need this world. You're above this world. You don't need the difference. Uh, you're not dependent on any physical things for yourself. And that's definitely Hashem. <laughs> he has nothing to do with this world. He doesn't need us at all. And um, so that's one understanding of Kedusha. Second understanding of Kedusha is miuchad, which means unique. Like a chassan, if you think about this, under the chuppah it says, hare at mikudeshesli. Now what does that mean, mikudeshesli? It means you're unique to me. You can't play the field anymore. You can't go looking for anyone else. I'm, you're just going to be unique. Now, we'll explain this in a minute, how this relates to the first explanation. And the third explanation of Kedusha is, Purpose. It says, Before you came out of the womb, I made you kadosh. That also means I set you for a mission. Now, those are three meanings of kadusha. Purpose, 
uh, also you're unique and you also are separate from this world. So that really defines the Rabbani Shalom, there's no question. Hashem is unique, there's nothing else but him and he's unique in every way. He also, he is the purpose, he is everything. And he's also separate from this world, he's beyond this world, so to speak. How does it apply to a human being? So first of all, says the Sifzit of Nevensal Shlita, all of them together have a common denominator. You have to simplify those three even more. The common denominator is called Yehud. That they are, there's nothing else. It's all, it's all together. It's all, it's, it's all encompassing. In other words, you don't need to get a Coke <laughs> to be your identity. You don't need, you're, you're, there's nothing like you and you have a purpose. Now, really, we as B'nai Israel do have that meaning. We, there's nothing like us. We're, we're unique. We are supposed to be, compared to the other nations, the world separate from things in this world. And we have a unique mission. And there's different madrigas of Kedusha, like there's Kedusha's lady. The, the Levium had a different, you know, they had, they were allowed to approach closer in the base of Megdash. The Kohanim were even beyond that. The Kohen Gadol was even behind that. The different Kedusha people. Everyone's on different madrigas of Kedusha. This Kedusha of places, like Eretz Yisrael is a, is, is a place, it's, it's Eretz Kadosh. We have um, Moadim, it's, it says Chag um, Hamatzah Hashem, for example, that, that, that they're unique, they're destined, they have a purpose, they have a purpose, they have unique purpose, and they help you separate from this world. They help you see things beyond the scope of this world. Moadim are called Mikra E Kodesh. They're, they're appointed times. In other words, they're, they're separate from other times. Again, they're, they're unique. And they also have a specific purpose to get us somewhere very important. Now, of course, Shabbos is more Kadosh than all the Moadim. So we see there's a, there's a Kedush of a place, there's a Kedush of time, and there's a Kedush of people. This is all the thoughts of Rav Nevensel By the way, all of those of you that are just itching to ask questions, we will open up the muting at the end with Rifka's help. It's a Shem. And then you can, we'll, we'll all talk together. We'll ask questions one at a time. And then, and then we can all speak together at the end. Now, it's a Shem. We shouldn't be in hiding in our little um, hold-up places for a long time. And it's a Shem. We should, we should go straight to Mirushalayim. It's a Shem. That's what I'm hoping for all of us, that we shouldn't have to be, uh, you know, we should all, we should see good, good news for everyone soon. It's a Shem. But in any case, we talk about times and places being holy and, and being commanded to be holy, then we are really insinuating two things. We are working as human beings in tandem, so to speak, with Hashem. He gave us holy opportunities. And in these holy opportunities, these times and places, our job is to make sure of two things, says Rav Nevensal. Number one, that we don't desecrate these times, like there are specific commandments that we shouldn't desecrate in a holy opportunity given to us. We should keep the mitzvahs of Pesach, the mitzvahs of Shabbos, the mitzvahs of really every day we can infuse with Kedusha uh, and, not, and not, not ruin it, desecrate it by committing sins. But there's also a positive aspect of Kedusha, and that aspect is to infuse these times and places with Kedusha. 
fact, he mentions the Rambam. The Rambam says that, well, first of all, we say, um, if you think about it, not only working in tandem because, um, you know, because the, because we are infusing this moed and we're being given the moed, but when there was a base of mikdash, who decided when the moed was? The moed was decided by human beings, by Kuala Yisrael. They would come, two witnesses would come, they would witness the new moon, they would go to Yerushalayim, they would both say the same type of witnessing, testimony, and then the basin would say, okay, this is going to be Rosh Chodesh, this is going to be Pesach. So a human being, Basar Vadam, a Jew, was able to proclaim when a time was and Kivyachal, Rebunashal, I mean, it's not Kivyachal, it is. We're working in tandem, Rebunashal made that, made that day Yom Kippur. Uh oh, I am, I am muted by the, oh, I'm sorry, you muted me for a moment. Okay, now, the, um, the, okay, so the Rambam says today, now, I didn't get to discuss this with Atal Mechachem. I will try to do that for my homework. Didn't reach anybody. But he says like this, I don't know why. So if you have a question, I have a question too on this. He says the Rambam, that as long as there's Jews living in Eretz Yisrael, we can still make Moadim. We can still have proclaimed holidays that we can, if Ben Yisrael can be Koveya, they can establish a Moad. And they could, you know, we trust the Chachamim with their calendar, which we're still going on the Hills calendar till now. If there would not be Jews living, a Kutza of Jews living in Eretz Yisrael, there would never be a Moed. Since the Chorban Beis Amikdash, there would never be a Moed. And there would just go on and just Shabbos. That's it. No Moedim ever. And the Rambam says, by the way, that will never happen. There will always be Jews. And so in other words, there is a dependency. Why that exists, I don't know. But there's a dependency on Jews to be Kovea the Moed. If Jews, there's enough Jews there to establish the Moed. I mean, to, if there are Jews in Eretz Yisrael, we can continue going, albeit it's not the way it was done during the Saman Beis Amikdash, we can still establish. So it's our Kedusha that's needed to make a Moed in Golis. Now, a, a, a mushal he gives, which would help us understand this, is a shul. On one hand, a shul has Kedusha. That's Kedusha. It's a place set aside for davening. There's a sacred Torah there and Aaron Kadosh. There's Kodesh. There's all kinds of things there. But we can infuse a shul with more Kedusha. Like if you know, let's say, the Chafetz Chaim davened in a certain shul. Or if, uh, you know, this is the place that's so Kadosh. If we, if we consider that with certain Kavarim, that, that here, here lies the Rav Shimon Bar Yochai or someone like that. The, the, a place can be infused by your actions. That's why it's talking in shul such a bad thing. So you're actually defiling the shul. Holy, because our actions are so important, and, um, and and not speaking, you know, not 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 doing anything in shul that that, that lacks that lacks respect for the, the davening in the shul. So there's a twofold thing: not to desecrate something, and you can also with your own tefillos. The kosel is is holy because Hashem made it holy, but it's even more holy with all the tears and all the tefillos that have been said throughout the ages by human beings that sanctify the kosel. Now, so, so far, um, all we said so far is we're establishing that places, times, and people are holy. They're holy because they're unique. They're separate from this world. They can go transcend this world. And 
they also have a purpose. And that's the three meanings of Kedusha, and that's the, that's the idea, and a human being can infuse a place with Kedusha. Not, Rabbanu gives us Kedusha, but we're supposed to not detract from that Kedusha, and we're supposed to add to the Kedusha. Now, this is going to get into everyday life. We're not approaching a Yantif right now. Okay, we do, we're in the middle of, um, of, uh, of what's it called, the long Cholham um, Oed between Pesach and Shavuos. We are in the Omer. We'll talk more about that next week, by the way. Our Emor is the, is the traditional Sphiris Omer thing. But we are establishing what holiness is in Judaism. But that's what it is. People, now, Avera can block holiness. The Tarkamunklus says Tame means blockage, closed. And Tohar, which is purity, means Sohar. It's like the word Sohar, which means blocked. I mean, uh, lit, lit up or, or opened up. So really, whenever a person sins, they're blocking that path of Kedusha. And whenever a person does more mitzvahs, they're expanding their area of Kedusha. Now, there is a commandment for every Jew, man, woman, and child, to be a holy person. We have a mandate. That is, in Parsha Shemini, two Parshas ago, we had Kedusha, like, of the way we eat. We can't just eat anything. We can't defile ourselves. We're supposed to have kosher food. And there's so many halachas regarding that, especially today. The, the big issue today is bugs. Consult your local COR about that because it's easy to get kosher food. But it's the challenge of today is are we going to be refraining from, you know, all those different vegetables or, or checking them properly that we have to take care of. To, to, to That's our challenge today, mostly with kashrus. And also to make sure it has a, has a hechsher. Um, now, the, then we have after that, we have the parsha of, um, of Tazria Mitzorah, which talks us about certain types of blemishes people could have that they had to be purified. There's also a certain degree of impurity there. And Lashon uh, Hara, which is a degree of impurity. Achre Mos, which is this week's parsha, talks about you know, certain illicit relationships a person is not supposed to have. When we get to Kedoshim, we've already told we can't do this, we can't do that. That seems to be a certain element of Kedusha, that you have to be able to refrain from these things. But it still doesn't mandate a person to be close to Hashem. That's what Parshas Kedoshim adds. This is why Rov Gufei Torah Tuliba, that a person's supposed to know that I have to be close to Hashem. Now, why do we need this parsha when we're already told all these commandments, commandment after commandment? For example, anything we do in life can be distracting. There's things we must do in life. We have to eat. We have to sleep. We have to do many basic, you know, body needs. Uh, we have to do certain, you know, all kinds of things that have to be done. We need certain degree of, of simcha. We need music. We need entertainment. You know, most of you probably heard a lot of Rabbanim this year because of the seclusion. In case anyone didn't hear, I just want to say it over again. Rabbanim are saying that people, if they feel it's therapeutic to listen to quiet music, even instrumental, this sphera, people are allowed to do so. Because uh, it's not a question of adding to joy, which is what Avail is supposed to be for Talmida Rabbi Akiva. But it's really supposed to be for a person to just be normal <laughs> and not to be overcome with sadness. You know, so if a person needs some quiet music for therapeutic reasons, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, the people can get, though, very distracted. 
And we have an additional mandate, not just to refrain from sin, and which is all, in general, the Vilna Gong and I believe the Rambam both say that the whole purpose, of all the Torah mitzvahs, is for a person to improve their mitos and come closer to Hashem, to improve their character and get closer to Hashem. The whole Torah mitzvahs is for that purpose. So a person could refrain from all kinds of sins and still not be so close to Hashem. And so we have an additional mandate. You are supposed to try to remember your uniqueness. You're supposed to try to not make this world rule over you. You have to rule over it. And you have to try to make sure you're fulfilling your mandate on earth and not letting those things get, get as distractions to your real purpose in life as this world being a uh, uh, entryway to the world to come. We can't be distracted by any of these things. The Rambam calls it Novel Birshus HaTorah. Now, there's many madregas of this, and we have to go within our madrega. You know, we can't say we're the Chavetz time overnight. doesn't mean to be extreme. It's not telling us to be extreme. It's just telling us to, that is your path that you have to approach. That's why there's a commandment. It's not a commandment to be the top level of the Masil Sisharim. The commandment is you, that is your mandate. You have to know, it's a, it's a Pusik and Chumash and Sefer Tzvarim, Vasisa Hayasher Vahatov. You have a mandate. You have to always, at every minute, thinking, am I doing something that's taking me towards Hashem or, God forbid, detracting me or distracting me from Hashem? I always like to quote this. I mean, I didn't always like to quote this. I said this a few years or maybe a year ago, so I feel like I have permission to say it again, especially if there's those of you out there that didn't hear the share last year. I saw a beautiful... Um, thought from Avitzik Saresk in Shlita. He was speaking to a bunch of yeshiva men. And he told them today, we have such a horrific temptation with the smartphone. Or even, he was talking to people that didn't even have a smartphone, the people that had a cell phone. People with a cell phone, he says, what's supposed to be the mandate of a Jew? Mandate of a Jew is, Hashem is supposed to be in our thoughts. When we eat, we have to eat to serve Hashem. We have to be able to sleep to serve Hashem. But eating on itself could become a whole major thing. Look at all the gourmet programs that people are um, getting themselves into, you know. I, somebody mentioned to me about a video they were watching where some Italian lady was sitting and canning all her um, tomatoes or jarring her tomatoes for the season. They said it was a YouTube video. And she's sitting there for hours and hours, five pots, an entire day spent Okay, I can understand, you know, if there would be no one else out there today, you know, people are farmers living in the thick. After people watched this whole video, you know, that she had a special machine to take out all the skin and all the seeds. She spent hours and she says, now I have enough tomato sauce for the whole winter. She spends an entire probably few days on it. There were like hundreds of cans of tomatoes that she needed. Probably saved a little bit of money, but um, is that something you want to spend her whole day with? Or that's nothing compared to the gourmet people. You know, like hours and hours and hours to prepare something that's to be consumed in minutes. Some people enjoy it. It's relaxing for them. You know, they feel like they did a work of art. Okay, but we have to know what is our mission we do. But I'm getting distracted from music. Anyways, he says like this. He said, it used to be first thing in the morning. My Ami, Hashem, you gave me back my neshama. Do you know how lucky I am? I'm alive. Instead, People, they say they're Maidani quickly, and then, of course, they have to see, are there any messages on my phone from last night? Then, somewhere in the middle of the day, they, they maybe they went to the bathroom, they check in the middle of the, the, the cell phone messages. And then, at, at the end of Seder, he said it was horrific. In Europe, people used to be cocking and learning. 
people would be like still learning with, with their, all their might and soul and everything at the end of Seder. Today, all the men, this is, we're talking about yeshivas. They're, they're going to the cell phone to see any messages. Okay, I understand your wife's in her ninth month. There's a purpose. But everyone it lost that whole, you know, leaving the base medrash and, and having that whole feeling of I'm still lingering over my learning as long as possible. With a smartphone, the problem multiplies by who knows how much. That we're talking about, it, it ends up being in the morning, instead of thinking about a sham shva, it's supposed to be, you know, that's supposed to be our connection with Hashem. This is what Kedoshim to you means. Hashem is supposed to be the underlying thought behind every action we undertake. And instead, this this little king that we have that's a few inches uh, long and wide takes over our day. That it, it occupies people. They don't see other people anymore. They don't see the Rebunah Shalalim. Kedusha is a directional. I just illustrated that by that example. But in the Masil Sharon says the Sif Sechayim, the Rav Chaim Friedlander's that song, he says a Tohor, which is the Madrega before Kedusha, that's a person who purifies himself. He has the Yitzhahara, but he won't let himself do anything wrong. That's really holy. <laughs> Kedusha means it's higher. You're incorporating this world, but yet Hashem is still on your mind. Now, we are not at the Madrega, at least I'm not at the Madrega of Tahara yet. <laughs> I hope Mr. Shevin Skilgal, I don't, I don't know. But, um, it, but uh, Tahara is the um that is abstaining and we today pro- cannot probably even you know approach those madregas but we can incorporate kedusha kedusha to you anyone can do keep a shem in your picture no matter what you're doing no matter who you're doing it with don't leave a shem out of your equation that's your attitude that's what kedusha means now a ben sorer mora by the way is an example of someone who, by getting so involved with this world, eventually they can tell by his involvement with this world that he's like uh, a gluttonous and doing all these things in Olamazeh. He eventually gets to the point where he has the next world. And, um, and, and I mean, he can, we see as in the future, by him cutting himself off from Hashem and mostly engaging in the acts of this world, we see him as a potential of totally going off the deep end. Actually, there was never supposed to be. There's no locus whether there's ever will be a Ben Sora or Mora. But the signs are a person that's so engaged in this world to, you know, to the, to the extent that he can't, it, it's hard for him to connect to Hashem. So it's like handling with fire. We have to deal with Olam Hazeh, each person in a different way, especially women. But when we deal with this world, we have to make sure to not let Hashem out of our equation, which is a hard thing. And we need this Parsha yearly to remind us, and, and they had to go hakel to remind themselves, Kedoshim to you, you have a mandate, you have a mission that you have to infuse your life with me. Rav Nevin Salshlita says, he heard from the Chazanish. What does it mean, Kedoshim to you? Because, we, you know, we get all scared when we hear this. He says, he heard once from the Chazanish, and he brought a raya. This is for Bina, if you're in, if you're in here right now. She always likes a source, and Taisvis Brachas Yudzayin. Uh, any case, he brings down, it says, um, if somebody, if somebody has a potential, you're judged on Kriyashma according to your level of understanding of Kriyashma. In other words, if you don't have a deep understanding of Kriyashma, you just say it with Kavana to the words and the meaning. You read, um, I remember I heard from, uh, of, uh, 
his name, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz, Rav Chaim um, Kanievsky, Shlita's son-in-law, mentioned that a lady today, if you just dive in from a sitter, looking at the sitter is 50% kavan already. Just looking at the words, at least it's taking away from distraction. Once in a while you can close your eyes, because that also takes away from distraction. And we, you know, we try our best. But let's say if a person knew all the kavanas of Yerizal, he's not Yotze Kriyashma, just saying basic words. You have an, a responsibility to say Kriyashma according to your madrega, and that's how you're judged. You're not judged to be, oh, I, I daven better than her. A person knows more, they're obligated in more. If a person, you know, has some understanding that they could be uh, demanded of from them or from, from maybe their background or how they were raised, they have an additional responsibility than other people do. So for this reason, a person has a chiv of kavana according to their madrega. Same thing with kedusha. We have to try that, that attitude, that directional. We have to aim for getting as close to Hashem as we can. It's a mitzvah from the Torah, you know, called the Gufei Torah Tluyimbaf. You don't think about Hashem when you're engaging in physicalities, then you are not reaching what, where a Jew is supposed to go. Now, we are now getting in our personal situation with this whole situation that we're experiencing in the world today, we are now getting our own lessons from Hashem and Kedusha. He's eliminated many distractions, albeit many young mothers would say he's given us many more distractions. And there are definitely, there's always, that's Olam Hazat. There's always going to be thrown at us one thing or another, and we have to pass the test. The, um, but we have removed a lot of distractions. The world, they, no one can go to, to, to ball games. All restaurants are closed. Bowling, golf, all those things are, are gone. Pesach hotels. Now you're going to have to really, people have to keep Pesach, you know, like, like you're supposed to keep Pesach. You know, it's not like nightly entertainment. It's a question of, I mean, there are people that need a Pesach hotel. I shouldn't take it away from them. I, there really are people that need Pesach hotels. Um, you know, elderly or people that can't cope or whatever. But, um, you know, uh, uh, basically, like, uh, we're supposed to, the, every, every amount of schwitz you put into Pesach, you get reward for. But why are people running away from Pesach? Or let's say when the kids are all home. Here's something. Um, this applies to young mothers, let's say today. People are saying, it's so hard. I have such a responsibility. Every, every, we at the, we as Torah Jews look at life as every time something's thrown our way, this is what Hashem wants from us. You don't have to say, what does God want from me? Here's here, here, it's here. It's obvious, put on our plate. This is what God wants from us. If there's a difficult child, if there's a difficult family member, this is what our moment is. We're supposed to work on our mitos and have patience. We're supposed to give and give and give. We're resembling the creator. We're being kaddish. Like, just like Hashem is, is not needing for himself. He's thinking of the other. We are doing that. Okay, it's stressful. There's no question. Stressful. We should accept that. But uh, the stress that we have or the loneliness or whatever it may be, this is what Hashem wants us to go through right now. This is what we're meant to be. And to be a kaddosh, kaddoshin tiyu means, Hashem, you know what I'm here in the world to do? Not just to keep the commandments. I'm here on a mission. I'm here to serve you. Whatever you send my way, Rabbanu Shalom, I'm supposed to believe it's tailor-made for me. According to Rabbeinu Bachai, I believe in Parshish Mishpatim, he says, we all, we're all, you know, neshamas of Paschal Gulim. And the Rabbeinu Bachai tells us that we chose every single thing that we go through in this lifetime. We chose it between lifetimes. Hashem says, you want to make yourself better in Olam Haba? Uh, you have choices. 
and we had choices in Olamaba of what we wanted to do. Uh, I mean, of what we wanted to do in the next lifetime. We all chose that we were going to go through all this. We, each one of our neshamas wanted this challenge. And it doesn't seem like that as we go through them, but we are supposed to believe Hashem, just like there's good times, and I'm supposed to take it in good faith. These hard times, I'm also supposed to, Rabbanu Shalalim, just take it, and, and this is what Hashem, this is our mandate, this is our mission, and we should do the best job we can do on our particular mission. You know, there's so many of these parshias really speak to us in what we're going through right now, but we really have an opportunity now on this mission of ours. People can either get very down, and it's, it can happen, and I, I'm not judging somebody, and everybody's got different chemical makeup and other predispositions for things, but we have an opportunity. This is just like a moed. This is an opportunity that where certain distractions have been removed from us. We have a stark meeting face-to-face with the fact that there's, we have to work on our inner world, in our inner selves. This is what we have to focus on. We see that life is temporarily, we can, you know, if you're sitting there running around all these fun things all the time, we forget the temporarily, temporariness of life, and we tend to forget what we're here in the world for. The, uh, I saw something amazing where Victor Miller's Zetzal says in last week's Parsha. In last week's Parsha, it was unbelievably relevant. He almost was speaking to Vua 20 years ago and what he said about Tazria Metzora. He says that when a person speaks Lashon Hara, now why is a person speaking Lashon Hara? He's not appreciating this world. Because he's looking at people, oh, this he thinks he's above this world. He complains about this one. He complains about that one. He says these people are, uh, you know, he forgets his rebunishlam watching his every word. He, does, he takes a shem out of this picture in his life. What happens? This person has to go outside the camp. He has to put on a mask, cover up to his nose, up his mouth rather, to cover his mouth and say, and everyone gets, and he has to be away from people. He has to be confined. He has to say, tummy, tummy, if somebody gets near him, don't get near me. I'm a Mitzorah. I mean, isn't that what we're doing now? Like going outside the camp, he's to go to some desolate place. It says for Victor Miller, a different spin on it. What's, he said, what, when the Mitzorah finally is purified from his, in, in, when he starts seeing it lessen, he's called, they call the Kohen, and the Kohen comes to see it, and he says, my friend, you are now Tahor. You can now purify yourself. You have to go through the process right now. He has to bring two birds. One he shafts, or I don't know, the coin shafts rather, and another one they let free. And that means, you know what? In your confinement, you could you were like a dead person. You had, you had things taken away from you. And now you're free to go. You're free. You, you can go back to the world again. You know what that's telling us? It's, it's such a moving parsha for us. But something interesting, the Victor Miller says, that we also, that they, he says, you also have to bring, um, they take um, azo, which is like moss, a low, low-lying uh, type of grow, uh, plant, and also a, um, a, a, a tall plant, like eras, I believe, and he dip it in blood, saying that, you know what, I didn't properly appreciate God's world, not the big things and not the small things. He says, this is saying normalcy. What, what can we focus on now to really have Kedusha? can say, do you know how wonderful it is? Let's say, <laughs> he mentions, let's say, he quotes a place with David Amelech when he was running away from Shul for his life. It says, David said that um, he wishes he would have been 
going, the Gemara interprets, he wishes he would have been in the streets of Yerushalayim going to shops. <laughs> you know, you can't go to a store just to see, to see humanity, to see society. You know, I'm quarantined, basically. I haven't been out at all. I decided the last few days the weather was nice, put on a mask and gloves. I, I went in my car, and whoever was shopping in my family, I just sat in the back seat and looked at people. Do you know what it is to just see people on a street? We take for granted to see the trees. Now, Baruch Hashem, we have spring, that there's, the things are coming back to life. You know how lucky we are that we could see that? You know how lucky we are we're not in the Holocaust? That the, we have a roof over our heads, we have basic food, with all the other things, this is, and, and anything that does go wrong, it's a kapara for us, or an asylum, you know, it's all for our good, and we should take it that way, it'll be such a chizik for us, and when we come out of this, we're going to appreciate normalcy, so thank Hashem for all the normalcy we had, and thank Hashem for the normalcy we still have, and Metz Hashem, nothing lasts forever, Metz Hashem, you know, and um, if we're, all, we're maybe cooped up, but, but, we, but there's a perspective here. And following this parsha of Tazrim we're adding on now, here's Kedoshim to you. It's like, put Hashem in your perspective always. You know, appreciate. Even normal life can be infused with Kedusha. We don't have to look at people as mere mortals. We can look at people as holy beings, as Am Yisrael, Am Kadosh. And even if we don't understand them because they're different than us, we have to give them the same respect that we would want for ourselves. Now, another thing. About hard times is which produces great people. You know, Rav, uh, the, the, the Balaturim wrote his most meaningful works during the Crusades. Balaturim was being, there were all kinds of people being, you know, murdered and everything by the Crusaders. And that's when Balaturim came out with his great works. The Briskarov, the Baruch Barah, they both said that many times, and a lot of their greatest thoughts in Torah were when during hard times that they had to produce such thoughts despite the challenges around them. This is, you know, if, if we would be in a situation where everything would be ro rosy, you wouldn't become, oh, where did I hear this? I forgot where I saw this recently. I, 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 when it comes to me, I don't know who, who this is from, but I read this recently. You know, they say that if the, um, the, the for example, the um, Shimon Bar Yochai, we're going to be celebrating Lag Baimer, right? We're in the middle of Spira. Shimon Bar Yochai, we're all dependent on you. And the schus, the merit of Shimon Bar Yochai, people were healed and, and he produced the Zohar HaKadosh. But Shimon Bar Yochai had to be, oh, I think I heard this from Rabbi, um, okay, I can't remember the name right now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm rusty. I need to speak to you more often. Any case, the, he was mentioning, it'll come to me probably at the end of the class, that because um, I just thought this off the cuff. Um, where it said Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, what made him the great Rav Shimon Bar Yochai? He was in a cave for 13 years, cut off from society, just like we are. Cut off from society, but he was even more cut off than we are. He wouldn't have become Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. He'd have just gone to shul every single day and learned Torah. He'd be a big mosque. and have a lot of Torah. We're not learning as much, perhaps. We're not davening, you know, with the minion. We're not getting all those mitzvahs of Kedusha and, 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 and Chris of Torah and everything. But there is a benefit that we're gaining of this private time with Rabbanishlam and realize why do we want davening? Why do we want to? It's not just to be with our friends. It's also a, a merit of the tzipor, of the inspiration. And without inspiration, sometimes those are our greatest moments where we really can develop our inner world. Ravar Sarutskin, I just heard an upgrade. This is a story I used to tell many times, and 
I just heard an upgrade of the story, so I hear it in full. That from one of the Telzers, um, that the Rav Avram Yitzchak Bloch, the Colonel of Racha, Hashem Yimkom Damam, he was murdered by the Nazis horrifically in Telz, I think it was Haftamuz, if I'm not mistaken. They, um, he had all his daughters basically married the Telzer Rosh Yeshiva of, of the last generation. One of them was Baruch Sarutskin. So he told his son-in-law, they had just gotten married, right? And World War II broke out. He said, escape, go. And they had to take many different trains and ships and everything till they finally got to America. He, um, he told Baruch, you're going to be traveling. You're going to be in a temporary dwelling. Main thing you need right now is a Seder. A Seder is going to keep you grounded. No matter what, keep your Sedarim. Let's say you learn 9 to 12, and you learn 1 to 3, and you learn 6 to 9. Keep your Sedarim strong, and you'll see success. And he ended up being a huge Masbid in the Rashiva Tells in Cleveland. His wife was told, also, you serve a meal, no matter where you're traveling, put a tablecloth on, put a piece of cloth on the table in your bus, in your train, in your, to make it feel like have the meals on time and have it uh, covered. I heard just from regular uh, doctors, they say like during the wait is to, to, to um, c continue during this whole crisis that we're in is to try to be as normal as possible, get dressed, you know, uh, you know, everything, try to have some kind of a, a, a day schedule in order that you'll ha get the most out of your day. But we can't forget that mandate, Kedoshim to you. Infuse your day with holiness. Don't waste your time. Time is time is essence. Time is everything for the world to come. We can't squander our time, even though that's the first thing. This whole thing that we're the world we live in today is such a there's so much wasted time. The um, we talk about a share kiddushano b'mitzvah By doing mitzvahs, we make ourselves holier people. Now, let's just review this last and second part of this talk. We talked about, no, wait a minute, excuse me, excuse me, I'm just re reading, I'm not reading my thing right. Okay, now we're going to go a little bit more into the idea of Kedusha from the Sif Chaim. He brings down from the Sforno um, Another reason we're supposed to be holy, not just because it's a mandate, it's a mission, gives us a purpose in life. It reminds us what we're here for. The, the reason we have all these commandments is in order to be holy. We're supposed to resemble our creator as much as possible. We have to remember this. It's Salam Elohim in us. When we say the word Atta and every blessing, in the olden days, you never called an older person or a rav you. You would also refer to them in third person. Even in Yiddish, there's a third person for that purpose. Many languages, they don't speak in first person to a uh, second person to an old elder. But we're given one month, one second of every bracha where we say the word ata to teach us that we have a tzalam alakim in ourselves. We have, a, we, have a, we have something already given to us that's like a shem. And we're supposed to expand upon us ourselves and make ourselves a holy people. When a man was created, says the Sparno, he was supposed to be created in the Tzal Melokim. And that's the Kigadosh and the Hashem You're supposed to be as much as you can 
in thinking and in action to resemble your creator. That's giving him the most respect is to resemble your creator. He also mentions later on, um, he says another way that we're like Hashem, besides being in a Selim, what does Selim Elkim mean? He goes in more detail, the Sporno. We have free will. No other being on this earth, including angels, have free will like a human being and Hashem. Now he says we don't always make the right choices like Hashem does always. Um, but we have choice means we we go, we supersede, we go beyond ourselves. This is the opportunity. That's what Kedoshim to you means. Besides, that's, that's the idea of mission. That's the idea of being separate from this world, going beyond transcending this world. And that's the idea of being unique. And that's what we could do unique. You can either remember an old Pesach Krone video from millions of years ago where he said a person can either react or using the same letters a person can create. People expect you, they push your buttons, they expect you to get angry, they expect you to get sad. That's what average people do. But we are not meant to be average. We're supposed to supersede, transcend. We're supposed to be kadoshim to you. We're supposed to be above all that. That we're supposed to make choices and judgments to think, incorporate a shem into our world and go beyond what the script is supposed to read. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to go beyond all that. Question the the, um, the kedusha of Bnei Israel is basically inherent. We have a special kedusha nobody else says. This is Rav Leib Bach, Zechariah He says he knew of a coin in Shanghai that wrote a letter of uh, resignation for being a coin in order to marry a divorced woman. <laughs> when you have something inside of you in your DNA, you can't change it. A Jew has inherent Kedusha to begin with. Of course, he's commanded Kedushim to you, but a person is supposed to expand on that, and he also is supposed to know he has a basic Kedusha. He can't take away from it. So not only are we supposed to expand, we should not, we can't take away from it because it's inherent. You can't say, I'm not a Kohen. Rav Yeruchim Lovavitz, Sechran Lavracha, said that if he saw Bachar that was having mitzvah problems, he would deal with him. But if he had hashkafa problems, problems in his thinking process, he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't deal with it. Because he says a person and his behavior and his thoughts, he's supposed to transcend. That's what the commandment is. We may not always do always the right thing. We have to hope and approach that level and try to get there. Quoted a box many times. It says, Ha'achal b'shuk pasal if a person, it says in the Gemara that if a person, I forgot to find which Gemara, Bina, I will look it up. Whoever, um, believe that or, a person eats while he's walking. That's according to the post game today. He's pasalaedus. He's domalakalaval, so he resembles a dog, and he cannot testify in Basin. Why? Because Rashi says, Ho'il ve'en makpid al Because he's not makpid on his own covet, e'no bosh l'zalzel ba'atzmo he doesn't care. This is something that a Jew is supposed to attempt. We're not supposed to dress like the, the non-Jews, who their whole thing is with torn jeans and everything, saying like, who am I anyways, just be au natural. A Jew is supposed to be more formal because a Jew is supposed to know 
that I am a person of importance. And starting from that importance, I will try to imitate Hashem, who I'm really like. It's when we start letting those guard down, which the world around us is doing all the time, and not maintaining their their, their self-respect, self-dignity. That's what Jews are supposed to do. You know, not to let themselves be unclean, not to let the person be, you know, just like let everything hang out. That's not a Jewish concept because we are supposed that dignity leads us to being a kadosh. It leads us to transcending ourselves and, 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 you know, and building ourselves up. I heard on the Bitachan hotline that he said, you know, Chaim Kanievsky Shlita told us that the whole thing could be because of Lashon Har we have to work on and also because we should be more humble. Humility today, says the Pitachan Atlan, according to the Navardic way of thinking, um, is that today you can't say I'm a nothing. We're not, we're going to immediately give up on everything then. It's not, humility for us means to see the value in other people. Focus on somebody perhaps we don't like so much or that has given us trouble in some ways. Uh, and that's the person we should focus on being, um, Thank you, Rosie. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm sure you don't know that by heart, but I guess your husband must be nearby <laughs> or your son. Any case, um, the, uh, the, uh, the, um, any case, the, um, so for a person to, uh, that, that just made my day. Um, so being humble means that you're supposed to be able to see the miles in everybody else. Today, you have to keep saying, I am great. I'm in the image of God. I'm a Salam Elohim. I have a mandate. I have a mission. Every second is meaning in my life. I'm an important person. I can't waste my time. I can't squander my time. This, uh, <laughs> that, you know, that we, we have so much that we can, um, contribute to the world and we can't minimize ourselves. That's very important. That's Kedoshim to you. And in our generation, it means not putting ourselves down. We have to first, Baruch it says that, or we bring our Benu Yaina. The first thing a person has to have is gaiva. And in Hawaii, we don't even, you know, we need more gaiva in being an, an am, am kadosh and being Hashem's chosen people. Rabak said when he first came to America, the, the shul he reached in New York, they told him, we don't have a Mizrachans in the shul. We don't have the Eastern Wall. You know, usually you put the marchash of people, the Rabbanim sits closest to the Aron Kodesh, maybe the philanthropist behind them, Tamil Chamim, of course, uh, in, in, in the front, always. And they said, we're in America here, everybody's equal. So Rabak said, if everybody's equal, then everybody's nothing. You know, like today, like the whole democratic response is to apologize for being something and everybody's equal, everybody's fine, everybody's wonderful, the minorities are the best, and the people that aren't appreciated by society, they're the best. So then there's no standards. There's no standards of what are we aspiring to if we're all equal. We have to aspire. We have to give respect for Talmud Chachamim, respect to our shuls, respect to other people. Of course, Talmud Chachamim shul is bigger than our own, than, than everybody. And we have to have that proper sense of respect because then we have aspirations. Rabbi Talmud, Rabbi Akiva, they thought everybody was equal. But um, th- th- according to uh, Rabbax, uh, wait a minute, this is Rabbax, yes. Rabbax, the says that they didn't do anything inherently so terrible. They just felt we're all equal. We're all Tamidim Rabbi Akiva. Maybe they didn't call each other, what do you think, Rav Nachum? What do you think, Rav Shalom? They didn't dress each other red. They lacked that extra, like, putting people on a little bit of a pedestal. 
That's why it says, your covet of your friend should be like your teacher. And your student, Talmidcha, should be like your, like your equal. Your Talmud should be your equal. Your, your, um, your, your equal should be like your Rebbe. And your Rebbe should be like Hashem. We're putting everybody up a notch in Pirkei Avos. Why? Because we tend to downplay things. That's, you get used to things, you get, to, you get used to things, and you tend to lack respect for it, lack the re- appreciation for it. So for this reason, we have to put everything up. This is something for us to focus on during Spira, when Hashem has really stripped us of all the other things that have gotten in the way to work on our Midos. You're dealing with your family who you see all the time, and you're not seeing these people you see once in the Eivel. People you see all the time, let's stress their milas. Think once a day the good things about all our children or the people we're with especially. Think, compliment everybody once a day. Think of how you could build them up all the time. Not take things for granted. Not take a glass of water for granted. Not take the beautiful weather for granted. All these things that we tend to take for granted, this leads us to bringing Hashem in the picture and appreciating everything we have. Rav Bach says, to know that you're a Yid, we have to, we're not like a Goy. He brings down, um, uh, there's a few stories about this. He says he gives a muscle. He said, if a person says, I'm tired about it being a human being, I'm going to just check into the local zoo and I'll get free room and board, or cheaper at least, and I'll be stripped of all my responsibilities. You know, I don't have to do all these difficult things with family and with children, you know. So he says, no human being is going to choose to go to the zoo because we all know we're not, we're not an animal. So a yid is to know we're not a guy. You know, when we, wear, when we try to copy the non-Jewish mentality with the way we dress, with the way we act, that people have to have, let's say, I don't know, league teams like the non-Jews, let's say. I'm not saying it's a sin, but is it Kadoshan to you that we have to be like them? The more we're like them, the more we're, we're okay. We're supposed to re- constantly remind ourselves we are different. There's a, there's a mitzvah in Achremos, uh, you're not supposed to go according to the dictates of the norms and society of the non-Jewish world. We're supposed to be above that. And Rashi says specifically theaters and circuses, like not to go to all their shows and all their things. And we're supposed to have a different type of life. There's a story he brings down from the Noda Yehuda. Let me just turn off my phone. I'm sorry about that. There's a story about the Noda Yehuda. This is quite controversial. Story. That somebody wrote him a Shiloh. This again, we're talking about 1700s, I believe. They wrote a Shiloh. A very wealthy person had a huge estate, and he was going back and forth about um, hunting on his property. Now, you know, so he was just asking him a question about: Is it a tsar balechayim? Is it like you know hurting uh, God's creatures? I thought I got away with it once. It's the same number, so I'm ignoring it, and I hope you don't mind. I hope it'll go away soon. Anyways, um, so the uh, – sorry about that. We don't have that in regular year, do we? Um, well, sometimes somebody else's phone. In any case, we have the um, – the Noji Good has asked the question, but Sarbali Chaim and maybe Baltashchis, like what is it? Am I allowed to do any type of hunting? So at the end of his whole chuva, he goes back and forth. And of course, we don't do any hunting. He also mentions – he says – and I'm shocked. This is safer. Yadai Mochichos. He says. Um, he says I'm. I'm shocked that uh, that that um, that even a Jewish person could even think in his mind such things. He said, "Bnei Avram, Mitzvah, and Yaakov should engage in hunting." 
only time we see hunting mentioned in the Torah, it's by Nimrod and Asav. Those are the ones that were hunters. And he says, why? Because he says, he says, we don't have a notion of wasting our time. We're living in America, which the whole thing is time wasting. Now, I'm American. Maybe I should say I'm a Canadian, but I guess it's uh, my problem. I was born that way. <laughs> but uh, Canadians have the same values, and the whole world does have the same values. The world, you know, like, uh, you know, the culture and wasting, you know, all these things that people engage in in the Western world, ASAP, you know, all external stuff. We need to relax. We need to do, you know, whatever it is, whether it's music or art we engage in, that's fine. I'm not saying it's a sin or anything. I'm just saying we have to remember what is our mission. Are we being, are we being godlike? Are we, do, is, are we doing this? Basisa Yashiva Hatov. A Jew should not be just having a day or just, you know, just do whatever you want the whole day. I mean, okay, it's a vacation. So I mean, you need a break. But Hashem has got to be with us even on vacation. He has to be with us all the time. In this week's Parsha, not only do we have a lot of Benan Machaveros, we also have the Aseris Adibros, uh, albeit written in a new way. And there are three of the commandments that are written slightly different. Instead of you can't kill, lo sirtzach, we have lo samod al dam which is interesting. Um, that means like you're not allowed to watch your other, uh, your friend suffer and do nothing. It's a commandment. That's one of the reasons why, by the way, there's a heter in Lashon Hara laws, where you're allowed to speak sometimes to stop a shidduch. All of a sudden, I'm being very popular. I should have turned off the ringer. Please excuse me. It's just, I don't want to leave the room. So, um, any case, so, uh, you're not supposed to watch your other, your friends suffering, right? So that is a heightened level of murder. You know, actually murder is, we all understand that. But a Jew is commanded more than that. It's the whole idea behind it. The idea behind it is you have to care enough about your friend. You can't even see him suffer, even if it's not through you. You can't, you can't let that happen. You can't um, bear false witness. It's um, in this week's parsha. You can't speak rachilas. You can't go tail-bearing, peddling gossip. That's, that's being a false witness because we don't all know what our friend is going through. We don't understand, you know, um, it, it, it is very false witness when we talk flesh and heart because we don't know the whole thought processes of our friend and we can't judge them. Low sach mode, you're not allowed to covet, you know, that's the, the extent, extreme of jealousy. You're not supposed to force your friend to sell you his thing because you want his thing. Um, in this week's parsha, it's behaftal recha kamocha. How about that? To care so much about him. This is the mandate of a Jew, not just the Ten Commandments, which are the basis for all the Torah, but you're supposed to even transcend that. That's the whole basic mission of Kedoshim. We have to see the world through from eyes. Now, all these mitzvahs, says, says um, the first thing, the first five of the Ten Commandments are all about, uh, sorry, second five are between man and man. It's, it, it, a lot of them um, in this week's parsha are really transcending your, your nature, not to, to take nakama. Silas Sharm says you have to be practically a saint to, to, to not want, to not desire to take nakama. People have a natural desire for that, to judge favorably. This is all transcending ourselves. Lashon Hara, you know. On the other hand, 
It says, for other people, we're supposed to give them the opposite. Yener's gashmias is minor ruchnias, is what Rabbi Shrostalantar said. So this is a constant work, a constant thought of kedoshim to you. Help us transcend. Don't be just the person you were born as. Be beyond it. It says, Ezu Mechubad, who's considered honorable according to the Torah? Hamachabe desabrios. You want honor? Honor other people. That's interesting. You want to be wise? Learn from children. You want to be rich? Be happy. Like usually be rich means go after. All of those things in that, in that, in that Mishnah and Avos, we're all going the opposite of what normally a person would do to attain those Midos. Because Midos require going against the grain, against the way the world goes. People want to be honored, they stand on a podium and show off. People want to be rich, they go and work day and night. We're saying not to work. We're saying not to stand on a podium. We're saying a gibor. Let other people, you know, go conquer your Nei Sahara. That's the hardest thing to conquer. A lot of uh, comic relief here. Hard to speak to nobody, just by the way, just want you to know how I feel right now. Now, we're supposed to see things through from eyes. The... Uh, we want to have, we, let's go back. We want to here to overcome. We're here to be godlike, not to be distracted. We have now a situation aiding us in this attempt. Perhaps we could still hope for Mashiach. You know, a lot of Rabbanim said, you know, people were very depressed when Mashiach didn't come on Pesach. I remember there's a famous story about Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, when he was a Rav in Toronto. There was a delegation of Jews from another city, like right after World War II, a lot of people felt Mashiach is coming. Um, I'm going to end, by the way, in about two minutes. Um, they all thought Mashiach was coming. And, um, you know, they were putting up posters, Mashiach is coming. Um, so they went to Rav Yaakov and they said, we, Rebbe, because we've been living in Canada for many years, we've kind of dropped a lot of our misobservance. And we're willing to become Shomer Shabbos because if Mashiach is coming. So Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky said, I can't promise you Mashiach is coming now. Now, usually you'd think, hope for Mashiach. Because he said these people's misobservance was totally dependent on Mashiach. And Mashiach didn't come. So, uh, you know, they dropped all, everything. He said, I, I don't want to put that up because I'm, I'm getting, setting them up for a thing that's based on falsehood. I don't know. I'm not a Navi. I don't know if Mashiach is coming, so I don't know if we can base ourselves on that. In the same way, too, we, Mashiach didn't come. I still think there's tremendous opportunity. First of all, but second of all, we're still sitting in a very strange historic situation right now. We still, if they say, we still should daven, kili shuascha kivinu koliyam shvona esrei. We're hoping, Hashem, you're going to redeem us. We don't want to go back to normalcy. We want Mashiach. It's a perfect setup. We can all do tshuva under such circumstances. We can really drastically change our lives as much as it may be hard. But we, could, we have drastic chance to change our lives right now. So we shouldn't give up on the shift, but I'm, no one's guaranteeing he's coming again, unless, at least of all me. But um, the, we have to keep, we can't give up from a shift either, but we have to be realistic about that. We appreciate what we do have. You know, uh, just one last thing, unless you've left the story. So let's, I remember which Rebbe this is about. I heard this from Rebbe... Ginsburg, Zechran Lebracha, used to be Rosh Shiva of Neri in Toronto. It was once a Hasidic Rebbe that uh, a Hasid came to him with all kinds of problems going on in his life. And the, the Rebbe told him cryptic words, say Ana Hashem with more Kavana. It was before Yantav, before Rosh Chodesh, I don't know. You know, the Ana Hashem we say in Hallel. So, um, with more Kavana. So, 
this man did as he, as he was told. He went home, he started staying with Markavana, and then the, uh, it goes back to Rebbe. Rebbe, things got, just got worse. I, I said on Hashem like you told me to, and nothing, nothing helped me. So the Rebbe said, which Anna Hashem did you say? And he said, I said, Anna Hashem Hoshiana, Anna Hashem Hatzlichana. That's what I said. And the Rebbe says, not, that's not the Anna Hashem I wanted you to say. You're supposed to say, Anna Hashem Kikaniyavdecha. Please Hashem, I'm your servant. Please Hashem, don't make it go away necessarily. If I'm in this situation, of course we should daven, it should go away. We should daven, we want everyone to have a full shalema. We want to go out of our houses. We want to have normal lives. We all want those things. We should daven for it. But let's also say, on Hashem let's take this test that we're going through right now in the right way. And remember, the Beral Koladas B'nei Yisrael, Kedoshim Tiyu, Kirov Gufei Torah Remember that he's miyuchad, and we're supposed to be miyuchad. He's, 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 in other words, he's unique. He's the purpose of all life. I will turn this off to Lee for next week. This, this is, we're just getting our act together here with this new way of living. Um, so the, uh, we're going to remember that we're unique. We're going, and, and Hashem is unique. We're God-like. We're created like God-like. We have to remember that, um, that we have a purpose in life. We have a mission in life. And that we're supposed to be above this stupid world that we live in, which is just a test for us or, and or a kapara for us. We're going to, we're going to, uh, going to transcend this world. We could be, infuse our young tovim, infuse places with Kedusha, infuse ourselves. We have to keep and not desecrate and, and also transcend. I thank you for listening.